Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Live tonight up in Townsville, plenty of current and former NRL stars will be strapping on the gloves for fights including Tal Malolo versus Campbell Gillard, Pengai Jr. versus Frank Amato, Junior Paulo versus Ben Hennett. We already spoke about it, Scope. Uh, Big Nelson Mm. up against Jared Wallace. It's going to be massive. Uh, Joining us now is a very familiar voice. He's the main man for Stan's boxing. Andy Raymond joins us on the Mowers Club. Morning, Andy. Morning, Legends. How are we all? Very well, very well. How's the excitement up there in Townsville ahead of this massive night? Yeah, it was good. It was so interesting uh, and such a buzz. I decided to head down to the Mad Cow last night <laughs> and, uh, and uh, check out a, a, a few of the, the locals' thoughts and theories. I reckon it's going to be a good night, and I reckon we've got some uh, some some decent upsets brewing over this weekend. I. Over the last two days, I hosted the press conference and the weigh-in, so I've probably been as close to the athletes as uh, as anyone. And I reckon over the years, you can look into a guy's eyes before he fights, and you can almost tell if they're either confident or absolutely crapping themselves. And there's a few really nervous NRL guys. That's going to be good. All right, perfect, Andy. Uh, one of the biggest questions that Missile was just asking me before, uh, the one that looks like a massive uh, mismatch is just the, the sheer size of Nelson Asafa Solomon. I know Jared Wallace plays in the front row, but um, it looks like he's got you know, potentially, what, 15 kilos? Yeah, 10, 15. On, on, on Jared. When you look into Jared Wallace's eyes, mate, what do they tell you? A little bit of confidence, Scott. A little bit of confidence. Okay. Mate, I remember a game where you and Gordon Tallis uh, got into a bit of push and shove. And, mate, my memory is really good. And I'm quite sure you dropped Gordy. That was unfortunately at the time where the, there was a blackout and the cameras didn't catch it. I was there and I remember it 100%. <laughs> yeah, I love that, mate. That's that, what I'll be telling the grandkids as well, Andy. Beautiful. Hey, I'll tell you what, Nelson, um, this is a curious one. Nelson hasn't taken the sunnies off for the last three days. Didn't take him off for the weigh-in and the face-off yesterday. Uh, and even when they got up nose-to-nose, didn't look Jared in the eyes. Um, he sort of put the head to the side a little bit. So we're not really sure on uh, on the clarity of Nelson or, or if he's trying to hide something, mm. uh, if he's uncomfortable. It's, it's an amazing thing that, that these these footballers do and having done this over the years it's they get into uh, a, a bit of a state of panic I guess about 48 hours out but because you professional athletes are just awesome just next level in terms of mind control and mind power what happens is they naturally revert into I guess their normal 
rugby league type mindset and they go through the process about you know ensuring they're in the best possible space so whilst there's nerves they're actually starting to build themselves up it's a really cool transformation i mean james and justin you guys would have both gone through very different i guess mental preparations to make sure you're you're you know, peak performance at that exact time. And that's what these guys do. They, they're they able to shrug off the nerves that, you know, the average bloke can't do, and they get themselves just to that perfect spot and uh, really quite cool to look at. And an example of that is Regan Campbell-Gillard and Jason Talmalolo, who these two guys are genuinely two of the sweethearts of rugby league. They're just... Mm nice guys they they don't say a bad word about anyone they're aggressive without being bullies and punching someone in the face isn't a natural thing for for these two guys and when i saw them on thursday they were absolutely crapping themselves they they looked uncomfortable they looked like they didn't want to be there but 24 hours later i saw them they were relaxed they were calm they were focused. That mental preparation had started. It's an amazing transformation. really is. Yeah, one of, for players that have, you know, obviously done other fight nights before, Andy, one of the biggest things is they go through a training camp where it might be you know, anywhere between, you know, four to eight weeks or whatever. They've got really good technique. Yep. Um, you've been involved in boxing in both rugby leagues, so it's completely different training. And they have this yeah. really nice technique and then the energy gets to them and the nerves get to them and they just go out there and start banging. We've got a lot of big boys. Um, mm. So how, like, from your experience, you know, when they get in there and they sort of just completely lose track of their game plan or whatever the fight plan might be, and then they just go, all right, let's try get a knockout when initially maybe they didn't, they weren't thinking mm. that before they were going into the fight. That's exactly what happens Justin, that is exactly what happens. Um, in a charity fight night or a corporate fight night or an amateur fight night, especially with big guys that, that are carrying some kilos, history tells me that the greatest punch in, in an in a amateur night is the body shot because until you've been hit with a body shot, you mm. haven't felt pain. It feels like your balls are in the back of your throat. I mean, it's horrendous. Um, and all these guys train for, for body shots, getting on the inside, having a, a you know two-punch combination, moving back out of range. They get into the ring and a little thing called ego and white line feet <laughs> away. And look, we'd all love a knockout on, on national TV and, and that's what they, that's what they try and do. So, it gets a little wild, it gets a little scary, very frustrating for the coaches, mate, because as you said, they go in with a certain game plan and then it just turns pear-shaped. Just thinking about the different preparations for this one, Andy, so for like a Nelson Asofa Solomona, he plays three weeks into the finals, whereas Jared Wallace, no finals. So will those differing preparations, do you think, mean a difference, maybe not in fitness, but in skill or technique? Style. Style, Style yeah. yeah. Hey, a lot of these heavyweights, uh, Junior Barlow, Paolo, uh, he is—he didn't play semi-finals mm. football. Him and Regan have been training six days a week. Junior is 11 
kilograms lighter than his playing weight. Wow. Which is absolutely amazing. Jared Wallace is lighter than his playing weight. He's been training six times a week uh, for the last four weeks. And that's boxing-specific training. That's not just, uh, you know, doing cardio. That's boxing-specific training. Uh, Nelson Asofa Solomon jumped on the scales yesterday and we just had to say 130-plus because the scales didn't determine by how much over 130 he was. Just a giant man. So uh, Jared Wallace, I don't actually off the top of my head remember what he weighed in at, but he, he looked a, he looked a million dollars and he's done a lot of boxing-specific work, as have two of the Eels blokes. Jason Talmalolo is, is another one. So uh, I guess the fact, James, that they've, they've had semifinals and they've had a bit of time off, it's allowed them maybe to do a bit of cardio in the morning and then a little bit of skills work at night. That's a scary proposition for, for Ben Hunt because, um, you know, when I watched it's years back now, Junior Paulo, the way he carried himself in that fight against Paul Gallen, uh, what, maybe yep. five or six years ago now, he, has, he yep. looks like he's got a really strong boxing background. He actually looked the part. Um, compared to some some other boxers in the past, and and I've seen Benny Hannon fight a couple of times. Are you talking about Willie Mason? Or <laughs> oh, exactly right, Big Mace. He's the one. I think Andy, you're referring him with the charity ones, where he goes in, and there might be a bit of a chat beforehand, uh, a gentleman's uh, exactly a, a gentleman's handshake about how the fight's going to go down, and and just getting through it. But Ben yeah. Benny Hannon's a tough bugger. Um, you know he's. He's, you know, probably not as technically technically sound as Junior Bolo, but he he really has a dig, Andy. So I, I think that he, one's going to be yeah. highly entertaining. Yeah, he he does. He is a tough bugger, and he's obviously a quick learner. I remember him telling me before his last fight or before his first fight, and that was Josh Papali. He he said I was a late call up. I had never actually done any boxing training. I'd never punched someone in the face four weeks out. And he said, after my first session, the two heavyweights I worked with said, don't do this. Don't <laughs> do this. You, you just aren't made for it. And he said that lit a bit of a flame. And he said he, he, he sat down and he spoke to the, these two heavyweight guys and the trainers. He said, I've got eight kids. I've told my eight kids that I am doing something that I'm uncomfortable with and I'm doing it to try and better myself. Now, Ben is uh, ben is a big believer there, a, a, a devout family, a beautiful family, him and Emma and, and the kids. But Ben went about it you know, as a constructive and positive way, mm. talking about and pumping himself up by this is a challenge and, and I'm going to do something uncomfortable and show my kids that you don't always have to be comfortable. And what he did in four weeks is astonishing. And he's actually got a really nice little boxing technique and he is super, super tough. But again, him and Junior Paul are just the nicest of guys after the weigh-in yesterday. They gave each other a big hug and, and wished each other well. Whereas, whereas other guys, you get a, a Willie Mason or a Neville Costigan, and, and you know, they'd, they'd face off at the, the weigh-in. And then they'd look at each other and say, I'm going to rip your head off, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, ben, and, uh, ben and Junior, another good one, mate. I reckon this is interesting internationally, Andy. I, I, 
it's a bit of a chicken and an egg scenario. Um, so the, the YouTubers and the celebrities boxing scene worldwide is huge now. It almost rivals the legitimate boxing scene. And yep. I, I sometimes look at it and think, did rugby league do this first? Like was Paul Gallen one of the first real prize fighters from another sport? Because you don't really see current NFL players, NBA players, anything like that boxing. And now you see YouTubers, actors, singers, yeah. everyone's doing the boxing thing. I think maybe Australia revolutionised that. Well, Chuck going from league to boxing and had a yeah. strong career, yeah. Yeah, there, there was Chuck and there was, you know, Solomon Hamono. Yeah, that's um, right. There was, you know, Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, the first one to do it was actually, you know, well back in the 1930s, a, a Newtown Jet front rower by the name of Herb Narvo. And, and Big Herb was a force to be reckoned with on the footy field. He also happened to be the Australian heavyweight champion, which I, that is just an astonishing double. Um, but you're right, you know, in terms of crossover athletes, look, I think the reality is the NFL or the baseball players their contracts are so big uh, and the rules are so tight. There is no way that uh, the Rams or the Pirates or the Dolphins or whoever it may be would allow their athletes to even contemplate uh, injuring a hand or, or breaking a nose, even if it was out of season. So I think we're in a, in a really cool position where these guys can challenge themselves, they can earn a few bucks, they can entertain... And really, there's no damage done. No damage done until there's an injury. Until there's mm. a significant injury that, that holds a bloke out of rugby league, you know, for, for the first four weeks of the season, that's when um, that's when coaches or chief executives are going to say, okay, no more of this. We're, we're, we're not getting burned out. And off topic a little bit, that, that's my fear for the, the, the Curry knockout, that we're... You know, they've just had last weekend Tyrell Sloan, syndesmosis. He's having, uh, he's had an operation. He's going to have a really limited pre-season. He's going to miss the start of the season. I just wonder how many chief executives and coaches are going to say to their players, no, nah, we we can't do this. We, we can't have NRL stars playing in, in country carnivals. It, it's a business now, isn't it? Yeah, it is a business, Andy, and, and probably this runs parallel to that your point of of injuries post season. Head injuries and CTE is all the talk now um, in rugby yeah. league, and a lot of people saying that there could be, you know, like a class action in the future from former players about um, head injuries and, and life after football. Where does boxing fit into this? puzzle because none of these players that are fighting necessarily have ever come out and said they've got any worries or concerns about head trauma or CTE but there, there are a lot of players that that are concerned and boxing to to the average punter looks like you know maybe confolding or conflating a, that that issue of, of head knocks that they receive in the rugby league world it is the great unknown um and look I'm a boxing and I'm a mixed martial arts fan. I fail to see in 10 years' time how either sport is still going to be going because when the lawsuit hits, it's going to hit everyone. But in MMA and boxing, the very aim of the sport is basically to 
punch your mate in the head and with that comes the CTEs. Mm. So whilst the, the footballs uh, and the basketballs and the, the rugby leagues and the rugby unions, while there's a battle against CTE at the moment, the lawsuits are coming. They're going to come in every code and it is going to be an absolute game changer. That's when somewhere down the line, an insurance company and the lawyers are going to look at boxing and, and MMA and say, well, if there's a $100 million lawsuit in AFL and rugby league where the goal is to win the game, not inflict damage, what's the bill going to be in boxing? Mm. I mean, it, it is endless. And there's no governing body as such in boxing. There's no Australian Rugby League. There's no, you know, uh, National Rugby League. There's no governing body that oversees the entire operation of, of, of boxing. So, really delicate one. Um, the lawsuits are going to hit. When they hit, I, you know, I have got no idea. It's not going to be for little money and it, it's going to be a game changer. It really is. And, and to a lot of people, that's going to be extremely sad. But there's also a lot of people um, with the suffering with CTE and a lot of boxers, past boxers, that are suffering with CTE at a very, very young age, mate. And I'm not going to mention names, but I've been doing this for the, the boxing commentary for 25 years and I've got a lot of good friends and a lot of good friends around my age that are former fighters and there is a ton of them that aren't in a good way. And it's, it is firsthand, it's terrible to see. Um, just going back to the rugby league end, well said there too, mate. Um, you've been around boxing and rugby league for a long time. Just quickly, the grand final, uh, where does it rate for you, mate, in, in the grand finals and uh, what were your, your thoughts and um, you know, all this now that it's all settled and it's all done, where, yeah, where will this grand final sit, sit in, um, in your rankings? I just love the fact we had a great game to finish the season, mate, because uh, gee, I reckon it's an empty feeling when the grand final sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's the last game of the year. So uh, I thought it was terrific that second half. Ezra Mam lit it up, and in any other grand final, we are celebrating Ezra Mam and, and, and what he did. Uh, that the finish from Nathan Cleary was just next level. Uh, the fact the Panthers three-peated, just an ama amazing individuals and a, a, an amazing collective. Really, I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was terrific. You, you may not like the Panthers, you don't have to love them, but gee, you got to respect them because yep. what they're doing is something special. Yep. Thanks for joining us on the Mowers Club, Andy. We're all going to be tuning in tonight. Can't wait to watch this fight card. Uh, enjoy the night. Have you got any tips for us before you go? Mate, uh, having done it for a while and having enjoyed so many sports, I I actually called the swimming once, would you believe it? <laughs> and I, I do recall Justin Horro in the anchor leg with a split of 47.96. Wow. Yeah, half a second faster than the missile. I reckon, I reckon it's going to be a, a cracking night. It's, uh, it's a night we can, we can have a bit of fun because the boys let loose. There's four pro fights. There's four NRL fights. 
the NRL boys let loose and go headhunting. The pros, I guess, show us how it should be done. So uh, check out Stan Sports and, uh, and enjoy. Perfect. Thanks for joining us on the Moles Club, Andy.